Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scottsmenswear.com. Singing away to the uh, the older theme tune there. Hello, I'm very chirpy today, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another week. Uh, my name's Carl Maloney, host of the podcast. How are you doing, guys? You all right? Nice one. Welcome to another week here at the RGM Experience Podcast. Uh, today's guests, ladies and gentlemen, are coming up shortly. We've got the band Roller, James, good lad. Just come off a, a tour supporting the new look Kasabian in fucking arenas and that. Mental. You know, I, I only saw them play it, yes, in Manchester less than a year ago when we talk about all that. What a ride those guys are on. So that's, that's coming up today, ladies and gentlemen. But before we uh, crack into the guest, uh, I'd just like to um, kick back. Give you a little update of what's been going on. Talk about a few things. You know the score. Yeah, thanks for joining us as, as, as well. Last week's episode with Tom Megan. Uh, it got it divided. It, it divided a few people. I thought Twitter was the place where everybody's all nasty and horrible, um, but it ended up being Instagram this year, this week. A lot of people with opinions on that, aren't they? A lot of people with their opinions on there. Which is fair enough. You say what you want. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed having Tom on the show. Everybody is entitled to a second chance. Um, good luck to him. <laughs> That's that. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, a lot of people have watched it, particularly on YouTube. Uh, a few hundred have watched the, the interview with Tom on there. So thanks for joining us. You know, if you're new to the podcast, share it with your friends. It's how we grow as a thing. And yeah, um, thanks for everybody for joining us again for another week. So what's been going on? Oh, I've had that, I've had that flu thing. I have had a flu jab, but I've had the flu thing. That horrible, dirty, dirty thing. Um, still rumbling on a little bit. Sleep patterns all over it, Shank. Yeah, so I've been fighting that thing. Evil, dirty thing. Um, but I feel like I'm uh, uh, through the worst now, you know. Oh, and, uh, oh, oh, and since we've last chatted as well, we, we have had the RGM team all met for a few drinks. Such a nice little... Uh, chat that we had you know when we do you know our gems all remote and people all work in their own homes and stuff um, and it was such a nice piece to meet quite a few people that I've only really spoke to digitally on these apps 
uh, to see them all in face to face and to put a few quid behind the bar and get them all a drink and say thanks for the hard work and the support that they that they give us here at RGM you know supporting new music is it was a lovely night we had a little pizza and that Helen our live events manager sorted that eventually bless her um, and yeah so it has started to get quieter now I knew this was going to happen Obviously not as many people bring out music this close to Christmas. It's just not part of what happens at this time of year. Uh, so we're going to be bringing out some different types of content, really. And it's the end of the year, so it's always a good time to reflect on 2022. So we're going to be doing that in various different guises. We're going to be looking forward to 2023 as well. Um, yeah, so this time of year for me is a time to reflect and think about how we can do things different try new things just come up with new ideas really for the new year that's where my headspace is with it and I get more time to do it because it's just not as manic and busy uh, I get a couple of weeks off work and um, just able to just able to concentrate a little bit and just uh, take a step back and think of new ideas for this bloody thing called RGM to try and engage with more people and to move, drive it forward into 2023 know what I'm on about you know what I'm saying I've started saying that <laughs> too much you know what I'm saying so I'm like some kind of hip hop artist um, yeah I'll not uh, <laughs> what am I on about yeah so here we are <laughs> I've, I've babbled on I've given you the update that I know everybody wants to get onto the guest so I know you know that I'm bothered about that bit uh, so right so James is coming up the singer of Roller. As, as I mentioned earlier, what a ride those these guys have been on. From so playing with, I, I saw him live at Yes, supporting Andrew Cushing. I think about this time last year, I think it was. I can't remember. It might have been early January, isn't it? Can't remember. Megan Wynn were on. Uh, Roller played. And then Andrew Cushing were headline in the pink room at Yes in Manchester. Um, yeah, so, yeah, but now, you know, the, the last gig they played was supporting Kasabian in Manchester Arena. So we talk about all of that. They're, they're, you know, they're, you know, the good lads. They're working out. They're doing all the right things. Uh, and I like sharing these stories. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's crack on with another guest there. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? James Gilmore from Roller. Take it away, mate. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, thanks for joining us, Paul. You know, uh, I, I was just like, when I was doing a bit of research, having a chat with you on that, I just think, l- the last time I saw you live was in Yes, in Manchester, spotting Andrew yeah. Cushing. Oh, Andrew, uh, that was, was it last year? Yeah, just after, yeah, and and then, I think it was last year. Yeah, that was our, our last gig of last year, I think. Yeah. yeah. It was a good, good deal. And then next minute, you're playing Manchester Arena, supporting Kasabian, so... You've been on a bit of a bit of a journey, mate. We'll, we'll come to that. We'll tease people with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're going to get to all that in a bit, and just have a chat and get to know you a little bit. Because I've, I've done a few interviews recently when uh, when I'm trying to research people. There's, there's not that much that I can find about you personally. It's all promotional stuff yeah. and your band stuff, really. So there's like gig gigs and uh, promotional videos. You've got new video, all that kind of stuff, which yeah. we'll get to. Um, but so, but I like getting to know people. Me, James, you know. Oh, I'm, a, I'm a nosy bastard. <laughs> so, I think um, yeah. 
I think a lot of a lot of bands probably are quite good at having that personal touch. But yeah. I think we us as a band quite quite like to keep a bit of mystery to us. Yeah. So it's a, so it's deliberate then. Sort of. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's too. <laughs> it's, we don't like obsess yeah. over doing it, but yeah. just uh, yeah, and probably because I don't really know. Yeah, we just sort of just it's just band stuff. Band. Yeah. Okay, band, band. But then a, a little bit's come out in there, so. Yeah, sure. Well, let's get to know you a little bit more. So if people are yeah. a little bit, um, you know, uh, just wondering who who are, the, who are these lads that are just, you know, out there in life, uh, living the best life. So tell us something uh, about about yourself from, you know, how, how did you start your journey into music, really? Just talk us through what a young James were like before you sound, found out that you that you could sing. What kind of stuff were you into before music? Um. Not a lot. I used to play a lot of cricket. All right. Quite fitting jumper, really, actually. Mm. Uh, yeah. But then I sort of got into music quite late in my teens, really. Maybe like it was college when I moved to college. When I went into right. college, it was sort of. I, then I went to a few mates were going to Kendall Carlin, so I was like, "Sounds like sounds like a bit of fun." So went to that, and then I really started like checking bands out. And then when I met the other lads, they all studied music i did graphic design so i was just i would so I just ended up meeting all these other lads that were doing music and then hmm. yeah got into it from there and yeah, i can't yeah, really remember it's just kind it of skipped just... through it quite a, quite quickly there though but what what were you like as a kid before music <sighs> well parents probably say a little shit <laughs> but... <laughs> okay fair enough <laughs> um, there's, oh, a, yeah. there's a theme in musicians, you know, that, that you know, I speak to a lot of musicians and people like at different levels of the music industry. And there's always a bit of a theme. And, and I, I was one and all, James, I were a little bit of a shit. <laughs> so I think... You've got to let your energy out, haven't you? Creative types. I think I think we all yeah, started as yeah. little shits, I think. <laughs> That's it. No, yeah, it's it good. Grew up in Manchester and that yeah. same school, same house. All, so, yeah, it's just quite average upbringing i guess yeah um influenced yeah. by any couple of what kind of music were going on in the background while you were a kid um mum and dad have quite a broad music taste my dad was really into like 80s and 90s hip-hop american oh, stuff right. yeah he's got fuckload of vinyl yeah but i never they never really pushed it or drilled it down it was just sort of on in the background stuff yeah. going on and but then he, he was also into it, into like the Britpop stuff and the Verve that I always remember them being played. And yeah. I think it was just subconsciously hearing music and never really taking any notice of it until I got a bit older. And then again, subconsciously going, I've heard this before. This is yeah. quality. What is this? And I just snowballing. And yeah, I think it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't until I was older and really got into music. That I think yeah. my dad was like, right, I'll show you my collection and got all these vinyls <laughs> back out of the loft. <laughs> oh, right. okay so was, was it was was there instruments around the house yeah i got a i remember getting a guitar when i was about uh it was about eight or nine maybe mm. um some like shitty strat copy or something like that um because i was like banging to avril lavigne and busted oh okay for like two years maybe and then <laughs> I just sort of realised the guitar's harder than it seems and yeah. <laughs> slowly give up on it. Didn't touch it then until, like I said before, got yeah. got a bit older and just got back into list, properly listening to music. So then, yeah, there was so there's always a guitar knocking about. 
I think it got put in a loft maybe for a good few years. Yeah. They are hard work though, aren't they? Because it hurts. Yeah, it hurts, especially when you've only got tiny hands yeah. when you're younger. <laughs> like, they make it look so easy on the TV. <laughs> it, it it does it, especially if it's like a bit of a cheat one and it's an acoustic one, because that's what oh, I yeah. learned on. And you and you and you proper have to go through the pain barrier and like yeah, have lines down your fingers and ca- proper calluses are, that bleed. <laughs> you know, you, you you do have to work hard as a kid. It's, yeah, you do. You, you don't get handed nice instruments when you're a kid growing up working oh, class, no. do you? Not a chance. <laughs> Definitely not a drum kit either. <laughs> so how, how did you meet the lads then? You know, how did? Or were you in bands before, you know, Roller started to kick off? Just just talk us through how it all, like, um, So, as I started getting into music a bit more, yeah. I obviously shared a room with my brother, so the bassist in our band, Luke. Um, yeah, and then... Oh, I didn't know you were... I didn't know there were brothers in the band. Yeah, me and the bassist. Oh, okay. Look nothing alike, yeah. really. But, yeah, brothers... So yeah, it was just, in, just growing up, sharing the same room. I'd be messing about with the guitar and think he picked it up, got a bass at some point. Mm. So we was always fiddling around, around maybe like, because it's four years between us. So I was probably, he was probably about 14. I was like 18 or something. So mm. around them, that era, just messing around with guitars and recording ourselves on the phone. <laughs> you know, just yeah. like, listen to this. Then again, it just sort of, it was always just a bit of a hobby. I never really, I never really sang then either. It was just kind of bits over the top. And then went moved over to university in Huddersfield, which is where I met Tom and Luke. But we actually all went to the same school, but we never never really met oh, each other okay. beforehand. So moved out of a, moved to Huddersfield, and out of a friend of a friend, sort of got introduced to Tom and McConnell, the two guitarists. Mm. Um, ended up moving in the same house with them for a few years, and that's where it sort of took a bit of shape. Then, you know, coming back after a night out like four in the morning, someone yeah. picks the guitar up, and sort of it just really happened quite quite organically, I guess. Just um, so it's always been the same lineup then. Well, uh, no. So once we'd finished or Tom and McConnell finished university and went back home, that's when we decided actually we'll do this band thing. Not whilst we was living together where it'd be easy. No, <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. They moved back to Manchester. So there's loads of traveling, but we was another lad yeah. that they knew off their course called Mars. He was our old drummer. Great guy. But then he, he um, it was over lockdown. His, his girlfriend uh, was, was pregnant. So he, mm. he sort of had to make the decision. It was like, because we was really starting to get take it properly serious then we got songs recorded yeah. um we was like getting stuff booked in and everything and he'd done a i'm thinking did maybe two three gigs with us because he come in actually um about a couple of weeks before our first gig um so i tell you i forgot we had another drummer before that as well <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. I always forget <laughs> my memories. This year's been that crazy. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Just forget about everything. Yeah. So we had another drummer called Ryan. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he's a sound lad, scouser. But um, yeah, he just stopped turning up to practice, yeah. and, which is really frustrating because he was our mate, and it was sort of we've got hang on, we've got a gig next week. You better, you're not fucking here. We need, we want to get some practicing in that. Yeah. We've paid the room. And he held his hand up and said, sorry, but 
we'd had when we had to get Mars in like two yeah. weeks before or a week before our first. It just gig, not committed then. It just it just didn't fancy it. It just yeah. It was when he was there. He'd give it everything. It was just I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. But yeah, okay. he's do, he's got he's in another band himself now doing doing a bit some bobs. But yeah, Mars joined. Ended up having a baby, and now we've got Saul, who we found just before about May last year. And he'd not he he went to our same school as well, and he recommended out of a friend. So I said, because right. we were struggling to find a drummer. It's hard work finding Mark. a drummer. It, it, it's yeah. really hard work. When I were in a band, we went through about seven of them. Um, yeah, and they're hard to find. It, it's hard to find somebody that you connect with and is right into the music as much as what you are as well. When it when it, and it's yeah. someone new as well, isn't it? That you know, it's hard to find someone to fit the dynamic of it all. Yeah, definitely. But I think it helped because he went to the same school. And, yeah. But he'd not. It was one of them. I was like, I'm sure he did a bit of drumming at school. So yeah, we asked him, and he was like, Yeah, I've not drummed in about four years. I've still got a kit, but I'll have to dust it off. Yeah. And um, yeah, he come come down to our rehearsal room, and it was it was a case of we need a fucking drummer. Anything will do, but it turns out it was quality, so it, oh, was, it was a win-win. Yeah. So yeah, got the got the whole setup going, and then we've just sort of it's all been. It's felt like it's all gone really, really quickly. But then if you had to, like now I'm yeah. sort of going back and thinking about it. It's it's, got, it's took quite a while to progress where it to where it is. Mm. But I think that this last year's is where it's really took off. I guess. Yeah. So the. So, have you always been called Roller, or have you had any daft names? And that? We had a. Um, there was definitely some dodgy ones knocking about, <laughs> but we'd. I love we'd this started. <laughs> I know, yeah, it's always <laughs> just crazy bad names. We we was called the Binds, okay, because uh, our old drummer Ryan that's what he used to call Sigs, and it just sort of stuck. Okay. But then we found out there was a band in Manchester already called Binds, so it was like, well, we've got to foot that off. Yeah. And then I'm not sure where Roller come from. I know Tom, Tom the guitarist, was the one that came up with it. But I think it was, I don't know, it was like rock and roll, and then yeah. like roll ups for binds. I think there's just loads of different meanings. But it's yeah, it's taken on a, a whole different. It's just it's, it's just its own entity now. Roller, I think. I don't think it needs to mean anything other than yeah. just us, I guess. So how did you find or discover that you had a voice and you were going to be a singer then? Uh, probably whilst there was, when I moved in with Tom and McConnell and, um, there was no one else singing who was sort of writing songs. And then it was probably after a few, few beers, the confidence had come out. Um, on you, a night, were you a reluctant night, singer then? Were you a reluctant singer? You just, you just like, you might no, have a go. Well, at first, at first I was, because I'd play guitar as well, and I sort of think I'd use that, they used the guitar as a bit of a comfort blanket behind the singing, but then I think it was after our first gig, so I went, you don't need fucking three guitars, lads, come on, just get rid of one of them. So it's I true, just, I went, it's no, true, I, though. Yeah, <laughs> although we, we we have, we do love loads of guitars, just <laughs> but yeah, after that, it was during, yeah, during the sort of build-up towards it when we started writing songs, I just, we was in the rehearsal rooms and it was like, someone's got to sing. And I think I'm the only one that can sort of hit notes. And then you just learn your voice from there, I think. Mm. It was not a case of like, oh, this sounds fucking terrible, but it was just, I could sort of do it. And then as you get more confident and you grow into it, and after a couple of practices, I 
fucking belting it out. And I always find yeah. you can sing if you have if your confidence is half of it, man. Yeah. If you if you have your confidence, you can just hit any note you fucking want. Yeah. <laughs> just shout. <laughs> it's a shout out. So yeah. how, how was it being in a band with your brother? Because just reading a few reviews, you do get. Uh, you do get a few comparisons to another band from Manchester that had a couple of brothers in it as well, don't you? Um, how, how, yeah. do you how do you feel about that? It's one of them. It's very inevitable in it, I guess. <laughs> and we just think not to not to be not to shoot anyone down, but shoot them down. Say really, say what you feel, mate. We think it's really sh- shit journalism sometimes. Right? Okay. It's just, not shit journalism. It's just a very easy comparison. Okay. But it's definitely there. We're not denying it. So and I yeah. think we've come to terms with it a bit more because we was like, okay. why do they always fucking say that, man? <laughs> but then it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> I can understand why they do. But we, just, we take more from The Verve, I think, mm. and Black Metal Motorcycle Club and Kasabian is probably, yeah. especially sound-wise. But yeah, being in a band with my brothers, all right? It's, uh, we get on quite well, surprisingly. Yeah. So, um, there's no, like, so there's no sibling rivalry between you lot then? No, just I'm fishing. I'm fishing for stuff here, mate. I'm just fishing for you know, <laughs> bickering, like bickering every now and then. A little bit of you know, bicker, yeah. Okay. Fucking five days at a festival in a tent and right. get to the Sunday, yes. a bit rough, and it's just, but it's just nothing, nothing, uh, nothing too crazy yet. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so you, you've you've been on this, you know, like journey. So the, so the band's got together. Let's summarise a little bit. So you so you've all got together. Yeah. You've all been to uni. You lived in the house for a bit. You've come back. Better travelling. Got your drummer sorted. You're ready to go. So so yeah. so like, who was like the driving force of that? Was it yourself? Uh, yeah, it was. To be fair, it was sort of in lockdown first yeah. time round. I was like, we're gonna need. It's sort of when they started to ease up a bit, so you could still go and do some stuff. Yeah. I was like. I was paying like 40 quid for four hours at a rehearsal room and I was like, we're going to need to be practicing more than once a fucking week if we want to make anything yeah. stereo. So we need to find somewhere where we can just have as our HQ yeah. and leave everything in there, you know, just have everything set up and we can go there where, wherever we want. So the first initial thing was finding a rehearsal space, which we've got. Um, and then it was, yeah, it was just getting everyone's asses in gear and getting them to yeah. rehearsal. And then I think once we'd done that, the tunes started coming out and, you know, just jamming away and learning the craft, I guess. Yeah. Um, what year would that have been? 2020, I think, or 2019. I can't remember years after COVID. I just can't remember what year yeah, it was. Me. I've no I idea. think it was tw- 2020, I think it would have been. My friends keep Somewhere telling me I'm stuck in 90s myself, mate. So I, 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 I don't <laughs> know what's going on sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and then yeah, it was. Um, we'd then it was a case of right, we need some songs out. Yeah. Um, so we'd Tom did a bit of work experience at a studio a couple of years prior, A Star right. Studios. So he was like, "Well, can I? Uh, I think it's called Andy, the guy who runs it. Can go there. I think he gave us like a cheap deal or something. Yeah. You know, we did one song, I think." Yeah, the, the debut song, Thinking of Tomorrow. So we spent two days in there. Recorded that, put that out. Um, and then, yeah, it was, again, I'm getting really confused with the timeline because of COVID. <laughs> okay. yeah, <that laughs> but yeah, it was sort, sort of a lot around that. And then it was more tunes, more recording, and then live music started coming back. So we was getting gig offers and yeah. um, 
working with this feeling a lot. They they really helped us actually to yeah. get out there and get some proper good gigs and yeah. Yeah. So how how much like because we we talk we we talk to loads of people in the music industry and particularly we'd speak to Spangled when we'd speak to those cheeky boys. Uh, yeah. You know that they you know that they started off at RGM live gigs and they've moved on to you know headlining gigs all over the country with this feeling and just have a strong yeah. relationship with that with that company and they, and they, they do. They do really. They are essential, really, to help a band get to another level and get out of their own city and get on the road, yeah. aren't they? they it, it's a, it's amazing yeah, what work they do there. Yeah, it's they've got a really good scene going on. Um, it's a good community as well. Yeah, sort of everyone backs each other, all the bands sort of help each other out, and yeah, it's a good ethos, um, and it's it's definitely a, a good. A good starting point for bands, especially getting out. Like you said getting out of their own hometown and going elsewhere. So, what's what's been the the most exciting thing for you working with this feeling? Uh, probably get, getting on the festivals that mm. they have first time round. I think so. The likes of Isla White, uh, Truck Fest, and Why Not. Mm. That was a exciting moment where it was like fucking hell. Yeah. Get to do festivals and get into a festival for note. I know, yeah. <laughs> Still got a sh- camp in a shitty tent, though. <laughs> yeah. Not got to hotels just yet. Well, that's why that's why I like tram lines, mate, because it's an inner city one. You want to get, yeah, get on tram lines and uh, you can just live in the city and live in an hotel, mate. Yeah. That's my favourite one. So on, isn't it? <laughs> no mud. Yeah. Yeah, tram lines is good. Yeah. It's, so- good, it's a good air. Uh, it's a good lineup this year, that, isn't it? Yeah, man. So yeah, so so all the all the um you know, the festivals start to happen, gigs are happening, you're getting outside of your You're getting outside of Manchester. Um that must have been nice, see yeah. a few sites. Yeah, um so it's February this year. Hmm. We'd gone up went on our first little head headline UK tour. Yeah. We did York, London. Birmingham, um, Leeds, uh, Manchester show at night and day as well. We had hmm. in November prior. So yeah, g- giving us the opportunity to go do that. This got us some really good support slots as well with the likes of the K's and that. So that me- meant we was going elsewhere, doing other gigs. Yeah, uh, and we also managed to bag up uh, the support show at that, the Parol gig as well with the K's, which was that was a crazy moment. Obviously, going from like 200, 300 cap venues to then playing, I think it's fifteen hundred at par hours. Yeah, bit of a good step. How how but did yeah. you how did you adjust as a band? You know, to playing to more people and <laughs> bigger stages and that kind of stuff, and more. more yeah, more well, we always strive. You. Yeah, we always strive for more. Yeah. We're never fucking happy, which annoys our manager. I think, <laughs> <laughs> but we always strive for more, and we're like more, more, more. But we just take it in our stride, man. It was, it was kind of, it was you sort of backstage at Parall waiting to go on. And it's like this is, this is what it's meant to be. Like yeah. you walk out and just, just go for it. Just wing it, as we say. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking walk out, and whatever <laughs> happens, happens. And it's you know, it's in the hands of the rock and roll gods, if you like. Then you just take it away, don't you? And yeah, it's, yeah, just. You've just got to do it. Yeah. Show must go on. Well, how do how do you feel you developed as a front man yourself, um, playing to these bigger and you know, well, bigger crowds? Yeah, I think 
maybe not necessarily bigger crowds, but just doing more, playing to people and crowds more mm. often. You learn how to read a crowd and... Yeah. I think it's very important to still just even if you even if it's twenty fucking people that have turned up, yeah. you still play as if you're playing to that fifteen thousand. You know what I mean? And they feed off your energy. If you're if you're front man, you're fucking hungover from the gig before night before, then you're not really giving it. The crowd can see that, and it will be a bit of a dead show. But if you go out all out, they'll feed off that, and then they'll they'll give you energy, and yeah. you know. So you, you just, you learn to read the crowd, but you always put in that 100%. What do you look out yeah. for in the crowd? I'm fascinated by this. Uh, mosh pits, maybe. Yeah. Just oh, I, I look I look out to see who's the craziest cunt in there. Okay. Like, All right, he's mental. It's going to get on his side. So he, yeah. uh, you know, That's some good... girl on shoulders. We're not even starting a song or something. That's so, a yeah, good right. idea. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to, uh, <laughs> They're going to help me help me here, get some get everyone else going. <laughs> so tell us something that you think would be surprised about uh, about you and maybe a few of the lads and all. If you can share a bit of that, people like to know, get to know you a little bit more. And that, that's that's what I'm all about. Trying to be no, I'm a nosy bastard. So it, yeah. t- tell us something uh, that you think we'd be surprised about. We've we've been asked this question loads, and I get stumped by it every oh, time. Fuck yeah. it, then. If if other people are asking it, I'm not bothered about this one then. I'm dropping this question forever. No, maybe not. Maybe not loads, but once or twice. I'm okay. Like, oh, you know that question of, tell me something we don't know about. Yeah. Okay. Surprise. Um, yeah. It could be a tiny little thing. I, I was speaking to Johnny Brown a bit back. I always right. use this as an example to try and jog your memory a little bit. And he's he's he got right into ice skating. Don't see. Oh, that. Is it? Didn't see that coming. Um. So no. that's why. I, and you were the first person I asked the question to, and that's why I keep. Asking it because it can bring up some gems. It can it can be a difficult question to answer because it puts people on the spot a little bit. But I yeah, just always I see always how over, we go. I think I always overthink it. Me. Yeah. Well, that's I the thing, know. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Something something you don't know about me. I'm really into the American Office. Oh okay. Oh dear. <laughs> don't know why. I'd never get Your into girlfriend that. hates it. Right. Yeah. Does your girlfriend well, was... like the English Office though better? No, she don't like you. Oh, she, oh, she doesn't like you. She doesn't like you. Okay, fair enough. So I, I could have put it off. She's like, no. <laughs> yeah, but I, I didn't like the American one at first. It was very strictly UK. Yes. It was okay. like, it's the original. That's yeah. it. But then I'd watched it so many times. I thought, you know what? I'll give the US one a go and it's brilliant. Okay. Steve Carell creases me up every yeah. time. No, it, it is great. And any, anything like about the other lads as well that you might that you want to share that might, they, uh, might, they might have a go at you out for sharing? Yeah, our guitarist McConnell is titled Captain Slow. Okay. But also Saul, our drummer at the minute, is slowly taking that, that, that title. <laughs> okay. Slow in what way? Because they're just everything. Just okay. The only thing they're not the only thing they're not slow for is turning up on time for band practice. But right. we'd be twenty minutes late and we'd still be set up by the time McConnell was plugging his guitar. Right. <laughs> I don't know what um, I I know that I know people like that and you just like what have you been doing? Can you list what you've been doing for the last 20 yeah. minutes? Because you know further forward, you aren't even, you know further forward sticking that fucking <laughs> lead in that guitar down yeah. than what you heard 20 minutes That's ago. What have you been doing? But he doesn't realise he's being slow. He's yeah. like, what do you mean, mate? I'm doing this. I'm like, I'm busy here. I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. But we've got, yeah, we've got like a little, um, I guess this is something you don't know about the whole band. We've got like yeah. a little tally, tally chart of points, slow points. 
Oh, okay. So if, if you have, if you ever see us out and about anyway, one of us shout point. <laughs> right, that's, that's what it means. One of us has done something slow. And where are you on the league table? Do you know what? I don't actually know. Probably quite high though, because I keep forgetting lyrics. <laughs> okay. Um, it, it really, so, so I'm getting them wrong and I'm like, fucking point, mate. Do you think you'll get one of them like stands in front of you, the way you, lyrics in front of you, or is that just an old man's game? No, yeah, nah. I think it's just when you're at rehearsal, you don't, you're not zoned in, are you? So okay. I just mess up. Just where well, you, you are zoned in, but I think it's, <laughs> it's weird. I only ever mess up in rehearsals, touch wood. Yeah. Because as soon as you get on stage, it's just like I remember all the lyrics, so it's not too bad. But yeah, point system for being slow. Something yeah. you don't know about us. Yeah, brilliant. So, so, you know, the journey of the band is something that we cover all the bloody time on our GM experience because it never gets old. You know, it's all, it's all, no. everybody's got a unique uh, journey and everybody's got their own uh, path through this fucking music industry. That's hard work. Yeah. So, what makes you think, stand out as a band, do you think, yourself? Why, why do you think you're doing so well at the minute? I don't think the, might sound a bit, uh, bit cliche but we're quite no nonsense um just music music looking yep. cool sounding great on stage yep. and just being genuine you know yeah and i think there's a lot of especially with tiktok and stuff mm. which I, we understand is a vital tool nowadays but people get so carried away with it and it's like you what you sit down and write a fucking tune rather than messing around on tiktok yeah you know you can still get great content on TikTok and, and stuff like that. I mean, we're no pros at it, so we've not really got in any position. To I play, was but. talking to the lads from the Scratch Record podcast just on Twitter earlier because I, I put a I put a thingy up, a poll saying, "Are reels a waste of time?" You know, all all this, all this amount of time that some people like put yeah. into putting reels and, and and reels you can't put links to anything on reels no, on TikTok. It, you can't know. put you can't put links to stuff on TikTok. So I'm, I just wonder is is all that shit just a waste of time? Because people, fans that like you, will see. Oh, that's not bad from Roller. But then next yeah. minute, they've scrolled onto the next three or four things, it's, so it's, it's gone. Fast food, fast food, shite in it. And I, I, th- I don't know how it, it's a double-edged sword yeah. because I think I think you, fans are clearly using it very well and it's yeah. helping them out and fair play. But yeah, for us, it's sort of we'll use it. It's there as a tool, but for mainly for us, it's like we're a fucking band. We're not. We're not um, YouTubers, you know what I mean, or whatever. So you, we sit and spend our time writing music and crafting every detail of it, yeah. and what's what's the music video going to look like, and what's the artwork going to look like, and you know, crafting our live sound and messing yeah. around with pedals and stuff like that. I think is definitely a better way to spend your time. I think. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And you can get you can get you can get decent content by just doing that all day. Just film a little bit of yourself, yeah. you know what I mean, and then. Take snippets I from your I, just, I just know people on TikTok that might have 100,000 followers be all proud about it, but there's no way of that turning that into like business, really. You know, you, no, you, yeah. can't, you can't link to these people to, for them to download your tunes or all like that or check your website yeah. out or your video or, or like that. Turn up to gigs is the or main turn up thing to gig, or, Yeah, you can't give them a ticket link on it because it's all, you see just, all the, Yeah, you see all these TikTokers and that with millions or hundreds of thousands of followers, but then they go and do a little tour at like 200 cat venues. And yeah. Stuff. But numbers don't don't add up. It, it is bullshit. Like, it's bullshit, isn't it? Yeah, it's it like the bullshit. ratings lads that you had a chat yeah. with. They're doing fucking Sheffield Arena, man. And yeah, how many followers? I bet they've got nowhere near as many followers as these TikTokers have. Yeah, doing these tours, and it's just it, it gets a bit frustrating because yeah. they get, they definitely get a lot more attention than 
I guess those bands like us that put in the groundwork in them, you know, traveling up and down the country doing gigs. And well, when, when you put that when you put that legwork in, like the ratings done that like you mentioned there, that they've yeah, just yeah. they've built up an organic audience that are invested in that band. So there's, yeah, there's fan good. groups on Facebook, there's that kind of stuff where fan groups are great things to set up as a band because that's where all your fans go and that's where all your fans share all your content where they've been to your mm-hmm. gigs and stuff and they'll they'll buy your merch, they'll buy your... That, that's, those type yeah. of things are very valuable in setting up, uh, and having somebody that's passionate about your band that's set up a fans page for you. I've seen it. Someone set one up for Andrew Cushing who we mentioned earlier and, you know, that's yeah. that's great. I've seen great ones for October Drift. Uh, those type of bands, it, 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 yeah. it's just, it's so nice to have a community around you. And when yeah. that starts building, you've, you've kind of like, you've done the hardest thing, you've got noticed, and then that's yeah. only going to grow, and then that's half of the battle done, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Once you've got that community there, then yeah. your TikToks will do well. <laughs> I could understand. It, it is what I don't know. I do understand those that do use it. I think it's, easy, it's easier to get followers and likes on TikTok than anywhere else. So I think people get, people get yeah. a bit cocky about it. Like, oh, I've got 100,000 followers. Well, all right. Yeah, but what's that equating? What's it to? mean? What's that doing for? It, it don't yeah. it don't mean anything. Where if you've got uh, uh, two, three hundred people on a Facebook group that are all genuine yeah. fans sharing your music and stuff with like minded people, yeah, it's not it's I nowhere near the main the main thing for us is getting people down to shows, man. Yeah, the live live is our main. Like, what's the point in being a band if you've got live shows that shit? Yeah. It's all about that. Like, it, everything builds up to that tour, that live show, that big big venue. You know. When everyone's there in person, yeah, you know, is it easy? Is it easier getting them down to gigs now? Um, yeah, it's definitely got got better. I think though, ticket sales are struggling at the minute, just for everyone. As a live promoter, mate, couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, people people can't people can't even get the mates down because every fucker's skin. That's it, which is really such a shame, really. But I guess yeah, in the in the concepts and scheme of things, it's we're doing really well. Yeah, considering. The, the state of the country yeah. in that sense well but, yeah. we, we can only do what we can do in our own little pockets and we yeah. can't influence what's going keep on going. in the wild world we just keep going don't we mate yeah good on you good That's attitude it. nice one so where were you when you found out you're going to be sporting Kasabian at fucking arenas that this when I saw that advertised by the band I'm like nice one yeah well it was our manager it sort of managed to sort it, sorted it out for us and it was mm. I think it sort of planted the seed and sort of said, "I've I've been speaking to him, and they're yeah. keen. Serge is definitely keen." Yeah. Um, but it was like we, we didn't want to. It was one of them. It was like didn't want to get too hyped up until we knew for definite. Yeah. And then it was like, "Yeah, they've invited you. They want you to come down. Fucking bang into it." So it was like, I can't remember where we was when we got that email, but so um, who found out first? You and then you told all lads. Uh. Well, we've we've all got access to our, the, the email account. Oh, okay. Right. So I think it was. I think we was all at separate places, but it was like on the then on the WhatsApp group. Cop popping. Yeah. Group. Shit, have you just seen that email? So yeah. I like, ah, fucking hell, what is it? What is it? <laughs> so, yeah, it was crazy. Nice. Um, yeah, a bit surreal, I guess. But again, it was well. This is what we want. We're striving for more. This yeah. is where we want to be. It felt right. Hmm. Might be. Um, Felt right, even though we're, we're still quite a fresh new band. But it was just like, yeah, this is this is didn't feel out of our depth or yeah. anything like that. And it was, yeah, it was a great experience. Well, like whenever that gig was, but yes, that I came down to, 
and you, you were supporting Andrew Cushing at the time. It was just like a round little room, but then yeah. a year on, <laughs> you got this other opportunity going on just to just did, did you was, see did you see yeah. spikes in like your social media stuff and stuff like that from from it? Did did it work business wise yeah. as well? Yeah, it was mad. As soon as we announced it, mm. it was. It sort of took a while the post though. No, not a while. I think we posted it, and then in the first hour it was just stirring, and all of a sudden I think people was like, "Fuck me!" Nice. And they just shared everywhere, loads of likes, loads of more follows. Um, and yeah, the new tune went crazy as well for a couple of days, where it just a big spike and that. So yeah, it was it was really good, really good, um, really good for the socials, I guess. Yeah. So you know. Moving on from it, so like this stage, the same size as my little room in here, I think. Yes, going on to an arena size stage, that must be. Did you get a chance to like um, check out where you're going to be and that kind of stuff? Did you get much chance to plan for the biggest stage of them all? Um, no, it was all sort of. We're not too bothered about that anyway. So it was just sort of we just yeah. had this right. We've got the opportunity. It is what it is, turn up. And then it was sort of sound check where... Yeah. But we turned up at first and sort of walked in as... I think as Kasabian was doing their sound check. Just like fucking loud as fuck kick drive. That was the first thing that hit. It was like the sound. And you walk into the arena and it was just sort of like, who the fuck's let us do this? (laughs) (laughs) But then sort of went on to do sound check then and then you sort of stood there and you started playing through a tune. He was like, yeah, this 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 is what it's about. This is uh, what we've been working for. I, I can remember years back, I, uh, I was one of the biggest Oasis fans out there and I didn't have a ticket for the BA Now tour. So I got one of those like temporary jobs selling hot dogs in Sheffield Arena just to get into the fucking in. Oasis. Nice. So as soon as the job started, I fucked off. And, yeah. and Noel, Noel Gallagher was sound checking. And yeah. it, it's it's a different because I, I I'm I go to a lot of gigs and I'm around sound checks. They're, they're yeah. not the most entertaining places to be, but when you're in a, an arena one, the sound of it is just so different and massive. Just yeah. the kick drum, yeah. just the kick drum coming through an arena PA, uh, and the Fires sound of, your body, doesn't it? it's mental. It's mental. That must have been like like when when you were sound checking yourself. How how did it like? like feel just to have that power behind you rather than, yeah. you know, well, it was the first hand. time we actually used IEMs. Right. Um, and obviously you stage monitors. Yeah. So it was getting used to that as well, but you flick it out every now and again, and you could really get us in, especially when the arena's empty. Yeah. Sound was just, yeah, it was strange because it, even though you're in this massive room, a stage is still a stage. Yeah. So you were sort of at, on it and was still got McConnell had, that that side and bassist yeah. side of me drums behind so it's all still very familiar mm. so it was you just had to look down you could have been anywhere else but then when you look up that's when it's yeah. you know soaks in so yeah it was it was a good definitely different but not I don't think it was that that different really yeah. actually, actually on stage than I, any other gig I always think that behind the scenes <clears throat> or backstage at arena gigs must be have some like kind of Magic dust on it. I've I've been backstage at festivals when I thought it was going to be this amazing place when it's just a few sandwiches and a fucking portaloo, <laughs> uh, and, and and I just have an unrealistic vision of what it's like backstage at arena gigs. 
tell me, it's, tell me it's magic. It is definitely better. Um, yeah, we turned up at the arena. It's like he smelled unreal of food. I mean, like, Where's this food coming from? He's like, oh, this catering. You can go yeah. this lasagna. I think they had. But I was like, fucking, I can't eat dairy. You try not to eat dairy. Yeah. Fried stuff before I sing. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I can't be scanning that, but it smelled well nice. Um, can you nick some for later? Yeah, I suppose. got to put some in a bag, weren't they for you? I know, yeah, a little doggy bag. <laughs> oh. No, um, yeah, but it's just the scale of it. I think. Yeah. So you, you walk in, you've got all the tour buses lined up and, you know, you come behind backstage and it's all the monitors and everything set up and all the equipment everywhere and then go to a really nice dressing room down the yeah. hallway. I think it's it's just, yeah, it's those little sprinkles of, like, names on the doors and yeah. all these people working and doing everything else. We don't know if it was actually Kasabians, but they had a, a flight case of condiments. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I don't know if it was theirs or if it's just the arenas, you know, that they oh, are, okay. but it had like, it had, like what, jams like, in it and stuff. And it was like, that is, wow, fucking rock and roll is that? Yeah. A full flight case for <laughs> jams and tomato, shit. tomato ketchup. And we don't even have one for our fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it's just a bit, bit mad. I think yeah. it's something we could definitely get used to though, yes. you know, just being in, being in and around all that and, just, just seeing how much actually goes into these massive shows as well, and yeah. the size of the teams that, that that they had, and everyone doing the bit, and yeah, it was, um, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Did you get a chance to sit down with Serge and the boys? Yeah, we had a quick chat with Serge in Manchester. Um, I don't think he was trying to speak too much though, because of his throat and that. But oh, he was, okay. yeah, he was sound. And then in Birmingham, we managed to have a chat with the other lads. Um, yeah, just about how it was. Really sound. So they, they do kind of like keep themselves to the side. They've been doing it that long, haven't they? So they just keep themselves to themselves, really. Yeah. Don't they? Well, in Birmingham, they had they had it looked like they had all the family and stuff there. Right. So we by that time they'd finished. We'd fucking probably one too many beers deep. Yeah. And I think I think you could was chewing their ear off a little bit, but they yeah. stood there and had a decent chat with us. So yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. I, I thought that was made me laugh. What I've got to see my mum in there. <laughs> but, <laughs> right, okay. uh, but yeah, really sound. It just gives a bit of advice and yeah. sort of talks about using tracks and synths and stuff and yeah. how they just how it really elevates their sound. Because oh, nice. I think that's what our guitarist sort of said. How do you sound so fucking loud? Yeah. And it because he was like, and he was like, it's just just elements, loads of different stuff. He said yeah. you can only get so far with guitars and drums. So okay. Um, it was a good good bit of food for thought I think especially if you're doing arenas as well you need yeah. like that extra textures of like synthesizers or they use a lot of sub like low end which really gets you going but yeah um, yeah and keys and that stuff like that pianos and little backing vocals and backing tracks of, of harmony vocals and the weird stuff just like all the stuff Kasabian use yeah, so do you feel like you're yeah. always learning because it's all downhill from here now? You played Manchester Arena, mate. <laughs> I know, I don't want to do anywhere else. Yeah, get off at the Apollo, be like that. <laughs> but yeah, no, we no, we we still know we've got definitely got a yeah. got a long way to go. I think that was another thing with these arena gigs; it made us realise how far we've still got left. Yeah, to, to get up to that them kind of heights and dizzying heights, but um, it may definitely give us that. Fucking kick up the ass, yeah. 
I don't think we needed, but it just solidified it. Solidified it that we was like, yeah, we've still got to really work hard for this, and yeah. um, still graft. We know where we are. We know what level we're at. We're not, I, don't, yeah. I think maybe the day after it was a bit big-headed and sort of said, "Fucking yeah, just right, that's it now." Just played the arena, but then a couple of days went on. It was sort of saying, "Right, well, we're still roller. We're still yeah. only got this." This many gigs and that, and we still got to sell tickets. So yeah, yeah, we'll be cracking on, getting back out there. So soon. what? So what's coming up for Roller then? I'll put, I'll, put, I'll put a description to all your gigs and stuff and your promotion stuff in the description of this podcast as well, guys. So whatever we're going right. to say here, you can quickly click, click uh, have a check out the band stuff as well. I've, I'm, yeah, can't speak. Um, yeah, we're in Paris on the Paris. Nice. Yeah, Paris. Paris on the twelfth of December, supporting Apre. With a another British band as well called Bandit. Uh, it's like this sound of Brit is. I think it's a magazine over there. It's their like tenth, oh no, tenth birthday party anniversary do thing. Is that, is that, well, that booked through your manager type thing? They just got no. You. They contacted us actually, yeah. um, quite early in the in the year, and it, it was just sort of we had our festivals, and it was like, well, yeah, we'll be back in touch. It was yeah. at Rockfield at the time as well, recording. Yeah. Um, Regarding the EP that's coming out, um, and then I think we we kind of forgot about it, and the guy emailed again and sort of said, "You still interested?" He was like, "Oh shit, yeah, yeah. go on, then. we'll go to Paris." <laughs> go on. Um, be a nice, nice way to end the year, and then yeah, there's nothing else yet. Um, we're hope, hope, hope there's another another gig hopefully in December that we want to hopefully be able to announce soon. Um, that'll just be a nice. Little NDA, NDA do I think? But yeah, nothing's confirmed on that yet. I don't think so. Well, but yeah, Paris, and then next year we've got um, got Gorilla, mm. the main, the big boy, yeah. our, our second headline in in, in Manchester. Nice. Tickets are selling really quickly for that as well. So, so even though it's a, a way away, it's fourteenth yeah. of April. Um, this this selling should should be sold out that one. So. Get your tickets quick. Yeah, mate. So we'll put a link to, to it all on the description of this podcast. I'm fascinated by this journey that bands go through, and it's it's always interesting. It's ne- It never gets old. Uh, yeah. and, and I'm really enjoying watching you guys uh, develop as a band and, you know, just... You're just having it, aren't you, lads? It just, it just seems great. It just seems... It, yeah. it seems like you're really enjoying it as well, which is nice. Yeah, well, that's the main thing. I think we get... Especially... So I've also got the EP coming out, which will be out very uh, March time next year, yeah. just before Grilla. Hmm. So we've got a couple more singles to come in the new year as well. But recording that and that process of going to Rockfield and working with Nick Bryan hmm. do kind of get a bit of pressure. Yeah. And you you put it on yourself, though, really, not off anyone else. Yeah. So you've just got to make sure you do it right. But then it always boils down to, well, just fucking chill out and enjoy it. We, we've got the skills to to write. We've got the tunes here. We know we can play them. Yeah. We know we can produce them well, and we'll get them out. And you just then got you just got to check yourself sometimes and just yeah. Like, yeah, enjoy it rather than stressing out too much. Yeah, definitely. Just en- enjoy it. Do it for the love of it. Take yourself on this fucking. Take yourself out of your comfort zone as, as well. So, you know, a lot of people yeah. do that. Crack on with your music. Looking forward to all the stuff in the new year and your gigs at the end of this year, mate. And yeah, yeah we're just going to follow this journey as RGM, you know, the people that 
like to support and celebrate, you know, young bands making it and getting somewhere in this fucking industry. Uh, Really appreciate your time, James. Is there anything, that uh, a message you want to leave to Roller fans just before they click on the description of this podcast to buy tickets for Gorilla if they aren't already or for Paris maybe, whatever? Yeah. Uh, Keep listening, keep streaming, keep following all that stuff. And more importantly, come down to some gigs. Yes. Because you're really, I think you really, really capture what the spirit is of, of, of us and don't go and see fucking blur at arena and pay 100 or 150 takes him in wembley go and see roller 10 times next year yeah. <laughs> that's it we might do a blur cover five <laughs> there we go, there we go. <laughs> cheers mate really appreciate your time and thanks no for joining worries. us today james cheers, Bob. Yeah, cheers, yeah cheers james thank you mate yeah nice lad since recording the interview as well i saw him uh, he was down at a family doing gulliver's hour i had an rgm live gig as you do uh, and I just popped downstairs just uh, go for a snout or whatever. Uh, he, was there, he was there, the lad. So I had a good chat with him as well, caught up in real life, which is always nice. Yeah, I like him. Good lad. Nice, solid lad. So I hope you enjoyed the show this week, guys. Another big one next week. You will find out first if you're one of our patrons or if you want to go on Twitter at RGM Pod. You can also watch the our, our little faces speak to each other in real time on YouTube as well. Uh, that's growing nicely. There are a nice few su- new subscribers on there recently. So if you like YouTube, it's all free and that, innit? You know, if you're a Yorkshire lad like me, you'll appreciate free stuff. Uh, so that's there for you too. It's always there. So yeah, drop by. Oh, I know what I've been doing. I've, 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 I've been making uh, thumbnails on YouTube. So uh, YouTube looks a bit prettier, I think. <laughs> give me some, uh, give me some feedback on it. it. It's supposed to make it more attractive to people that are scrolling through YouTube and might see it. Having a thumbnail makes it more attractive, and it's supposed to get more views. But we'll see. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're here on Patreon, you'll be listening to us on Friday. If you're a subscriber of the podcast, thank you. You're listening to us on Monday. We'll see you next week for another show, guys really appreciate you here tell all your friends about us pop onto twitter at rgm pod subscribe on youtube if that's your preferred way of doing it i know a lot of people prefer that than they've just not got the podcast bug yet there dudes um and yeah we'll see you next week for another music uh, another week of music here at the rgm experience podcast with me carl maloney that guy from rgm great i'm gonna get off things to do ideas <laughs> thanks guys Toodle welcome to RGM are you in a band come and join us simply click on the RGM submission page submit your music and we'll sort the rest be a part of it with Scott's menswear the go to destination for sports fashion With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scottsmenswear.com. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback 
and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe, tell a friend about our show, and thank you for your support, and we'll see you next week.